1: This is the Kenny and JT Show on News Talk 1480, WHBC. I think when Ohio State fans woke up today, they felt a little bit better about the football program. Not that, you know, the end of the world is coming for Ohio State, but third straight 11-2 season, third straight loss to Michigan, embarrassing performance in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri, not knowing who the quarterback was going to be next year. Yeah, pretty you know, crazy off season for them. But they woke up today and found out that through the transfer portal that they were getting a veteran quarterback in Will Howard from Kansas State. He has committed to the Buckeyes per ESPN, and I read a great story today, the Columbus Dispatch, uh, and I said, you know what, let's get Bill Rabinowitz on from the Dispatch, get his thoughts on how big of a move, how important of a move this is for Ohio State. So joining us on the hotline right now is Bill Rabinowitz. Happy New Year, Bill. Thanks for joining us. Always nice to be on with you, Kenny. How are you? We're great, JT, and I appreciate your time on short notice like this. Uh, your thoughts uh, on Will Howard. We had heard rumblings. He was visiting. He was going to commit, but supposedly he has committed, and now will be in the running to be the starting quarterback next year for the Buckeyes. Your your thoughts on how big of a move this is?
2: Yeah, I think it was necessary because they had to go into next season with some kind of experience at quarterback. They, they were hoping that Devin Brown would play well in the Cotton Bowl and, and could ease their minds about going into 2024 with him as the guy. But he, as you know, got hurt in the first quarter of that game, didn't play really the last three quarters, didn't play particularly well in the first quarter anyway. And so I just think that there was no way that they could go into 2024 just handing him the job because there's really no other viable option at this point because Lincoln Keenholz, who played the last three quarters, was really hit over his head. And it's not his fault. He's a true freshman didn't even get to campus till after spring ball. And then they have Aaron Nolan, who's a, who's a really good prospect, but he's going to be a true freshman. And so they needed to have somebody you who's know, a competent, proven quarterback. And that's Will Howard. You know, I don't know that he's got the, the potential of, of – I mean, I'm not sure we're going to have to book a uh, Heisman reservation for him yet. Um, but I think that he is – you know, he had a very solid career, and better than solid career at Kansas State. Um He's a he's a pretty good runner, which is that, uh, something that Ohio State would like to have from that position. And so, um, yeah, I think this was a necessary move for the for Ohio State.
0: Bill, when you consider this transfer portal, and it's it's new to all of us, and we we're really not that familiar with how it works. But you look at somebody that signs on to go to Ohio State; they put themselves into the transfer portal. To leave. Now whether or not it's your starting quarterback, that's one decision that he had to make and we've heard why Kyle McCord may or may not have wanted to leave. But when other players leave, how should we feel as fans?
2: It's a fact of life in college football right now. Um, yeah. it's it's like unlimited free agency. You know, and, and the pros, you have to you know, when a rookie signs a contract, they're locked to that team for a minimum of three years. And in college, that's a career. And so mm-hmm it makes roster stability almost impossible. Now, yes, there are windows and the latest window for the transfer portals closed, but, but it's just really hard to go more than year by year with the college roster right now, which is they've, they've got to find a way to bring more stability back to college football. Look, I'm in favor of, of players being able to move. If they're in a situation that they don't like, or is not favorable for them. Um, but I, I, think it's, you know, too much of a good thing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I, I, it's hard. It's hard for coaches because, especially a quarterback, but it's, mm-hmm. it is like musical chairs, and Ohio State did not want to be caught, you know, with an empty chair, and so I, there was no Justin Fields in this year's transfer portal. There was nobody that you go, okay, that's going to mm-hmm. be a franchise type quarterback, that he's going to he is going to be going to New York uh, as a Heisman finalist. There was nobody like that, so this was probably the best, certainly the best available at this time, and so I, I think, like I said, it was. So something they had to do because they just couldn't go into 2024 with no proven player at quarterback.
0: With the post-game comments that Ryan Day made after the Michigan game and we saw Kyle McCord immediately register into the portal, we understood that he was going to leave. And then they're going to turn things over to Devin Brown for this. Kenny and I both believe it's kind of a meaningless, but nothing's ever a meaningless game. But let's face it, the Cotton Bowl isn't where you really wanted to play before New Year's Day. Devin Brown unfortunately gets injured again. Had he played well, do you think Will Howard was the only name on the tip of Ryan Day's tongue? Do you think they were looking elsewhere? Or do they really think that Devin Brown, had he played well, would we not be talking about Will Howard today?
2: You know, these are all good questions. I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know the answer. I think if Ryan, mm-hmm. I think if Devin Brown had gone out against Missouri and threw him for four touchdowns and 400 yards, I think you have your answer. Okay. Um, but he didn't. You know, he mm-hmm. didn't play well in the quarter that he did play. And he... Um, then he got hurt, and so he didn't have a chance to do, let's say, what Dwayne Haskins did against Michigan in 2017 when J.T. Barrett got hurt, and Dwayne Haskins came in and rallied Ohio State to a win in Ann Arbor. You know, He had that going for him going into the next year. Devin Brown doesn't have that, and and he got hurt several times this year. He broke his pinky mm-hmm. in spring ball. He sprained his ankle against Penn State. He, he tweaked it against uh, Michigan State in pregame warm-ups. And then you have this injury in the Cotton Bowl. That's four injuries in one year for a guy who didn't play very yep. much. And so, you know, and that's setting aside the fact he hasn't really proven anything on the field. Look, I think Devin Brown has a lot of potential. He was a, a four borderline five star prospect. I think he's he's got a lot of uh, ability. But this is kind of a make or break year in some ways for Ryan Day. I mean, to lose four straight to Michigan would be would be uh, not good. And. You also remember that, that the guy who hired him is no longer going to be there. Gene Smith retiring this year. Yep. So there's a lot of pressure on Ohio State and Ryan Day to get it right and to beat Michigan. And you know, I don't think that anyone felt great about the idea of, of doing that with with an unproven quarterback room.
1: The best ability. His availability, and unfortunately, Devin Brown hasn't made himself available on a regular basis, so they had to make this move. I'm happy that they did uh, because I I think they need to get back to having a mobile quarterback that gives you the threat of a run, run some of the RPOs that they did uh, when Justin Fields was there. Do you think Ryan Day is changing his... um, evaluation of quarterbacks and what he will continue to recruit at Ohio State? And are we seeing that with going and getting Howard as well as, uh, you know, recruiting Air Nolan?
2: Yeah, look, the first thing that a quarterback has to do is be able to throw the ball. I mean, in terms of the on-field skills, I think other things matter even more, leadership, the toughness, and all the other stuff. But in terms of just quarterback on the field, the day and age of, of the pure running quarterback is over. You, you have to be able to throw, but you also have to be able to keep defenses on and C.J. Stroud was able to get kind of, you know, avoid having to deal with that because he was so gifted as a thrower. He was just, you know, incredibly gifted. And even in the Georgia game at the end of last year, when he had to run, he did. That was the, the first time he really ran effectively. Um, so I think you need that element in your game. But it, it's always going to be pass first. I mean, it, it has to be pass first because football really turned into a passing game to a large degree.
0: Uh, bill the one thing that i didn't think that i would see in a transfer portal is a punter from ohio state make his way available unless of course ryan day didn't want to commit to him when and where will they ever decide that they should start giving scholarships to punters and place kickers
2: well i'll tell you jesse Merkel was probably the mvp for ohio state in the cotton bowl i mean he had he had a great <laughs> game he had he had four kicks at least that yep. were like more than 50 yards and and got ohio state out of hole so, you know, hey, you're, this is Jim Trestle's thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the most important thing, part of the game. Um, you know, look, Ohio State special teams was a train wreck this uh-huh. year. That's a secret. They, penalties and, and faux pas of, of every type. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, Parker Fleming is in a Thank lot you. of uh, hot water, mm-hmm. um, certainly by the fan base. And, I, you know, I would not be surprised if there are significant staff changes um it's already starting to kind of seep out that that that, no names but but you know look it's i think you can look at the coaching staff and say yes it needs to be tweaked at the very least
0: you know it's amazing too because he's still a little bit of my thunder i wanted to ask you about parker fleming obviously the special teams coach can't remember the last time we turned a kick and we know what we've done with our field goal teams and they've missed in the last two big games that were uh postseason game, so to speak. Justin Fry, the offensive line coach. Is it a problem with the offensive line talent-wise, or is it coaching? Well,
2: Justin Fry is the offensive line coach because Greg Stedrawa had trouble recruiting. That's not a secret. Yeah. And and it generally takes linemen longer to develop than it does other positions. And so I think the jury's still out with Justin Fry. I mean, they've got some guys that should be good. Luke Montgomery, one of them. Um, so they're... So there's hope, but let's be honest. The offensive line did not play to Ohio State standard this year. Um, I'm just writing a piece now, kind of going into all of last year and what happened. And I think a really underrated factor in Ohio State's struggles was the fact that Luke Whipler, you know, the Cleveland Brown, left early. Uh, and that, that left a hole at center that was never really filled adequately. And you knew you were losing Paris Johnson and DeJuan Jones, the tackles, all-American tackles. And so you knew that there was going to be some kind of, there could be some struggles on the line and there were <laughs> uh, yeah. Josh Simmons played left tackle and he improved as the year went on. He still has the penalty issue, but you can see the talent there. I think Josh Fryer, the right tackle is better as a guard. And if you move him inside uh, and found a, a right tackle, maybe it's Luca Montgomery, maybe it's Tegar Chaboa then, then you're okay. Um, but yes, I mean, the other thing is, you know, Paris Johnson don't so just grow on trees. And so, it's hard to, to get those, but, but there's no question that Ohio State's recruiting at that position has not been great. I mean, Donovan Jackson's the last five-star guy they had. That's three years ago, I think. And so they they need to upgrade there or, or develop. I mean, with the offensive line, you don't necessarily have to get all five-star guys, but you have to have guys that, that improve and develop. And I'm not sure we saw enough of that from last State linemen last year.
1: Bill Rabinowitz, our guest, Columbus Dispatch, OSU Beat Reporter. Follow him on Twitter, at BRDispatch. And, and Bill, NIL money, right? Uh, One of the stories I was reading about uh, Kyle McCord and why he left, uh, he said it was a business decision for himself as well as for Ohio State. That makes me believe the Buckeyes told him, hey, you can compete. Uh, and you might win the job, but we're not giving you guaranteed NIL money next year, okay? And he goes to Syracuse. Uh, We saw uh, a recruit leave them and go to, I think it was Colorado, right, because he got more NIL money uh, in Colorado. Where are the Buckeyes, and, and how much do they use NIL money in recruiting, or do they think they're too good, we're Ohio State and we don't have to pay kids?
2: Well, they do. I mean, look, NIL is a fact of life right now, and and I'll be honest, I'm not the best person asked about NIL because, and in part, the personal uh, selfish plug here, but I I have a business relationship with Cardell Jones because I uh, co wrote his autobiography, and Cardell's involved with NIL, which means that ethically, I really can't be in terms okay. of covering NIL. So, my B partner, Joey Kaufman, does you know almost all of that. So I have to step away from that space. Okay. But Ohio Ohio State has. Um, of course they're involved in NIL, they have to be. But they've had some issues with their collectives that, you know, they've they've kind of gone back and forth with, uh, you know, it, it's a little complicated, but they, they need to kind of figure out exactly how it's going to be organized. I think they're getting to that point, but it's, it's a work in progress. Um, but there's no question, you know, Ohio State can't just sit on the sidelines with NIL. They have no choice but to get involved. And, again, it's not a direct thing. Ohio State can't say to recruit. We're going to get, give you X amount of money. It's got to be done on a third-party issue. And, and I know that's a gray area. Maybe it's semantics in some way. But it, but it is not something where higher State could just offer a kid X amount of money.
0: It's amazing, too. You know, with yeah. all the talk about the transfer portal and, and guys leaving, it's interesting of note that we just found out that Jack Sawyer coming back, Tyleek Williams coming back, Lathan Ransom coming back in that secondary. Bill, this defense is going to be loaded next year, don't you think?
2: Yeah, it should be. They only averaged uh, giving up 11 points last year. Um, it, it's going to be, it should be a really good defense. They lost Michael Hall Jr., and that's a, you know, a significant loss, but he was hurt a lot. And they have other players that can fill that spot. Ty Hamilton is, is really good. Um, they're so going to lose Josh Proctor in the back end, because he's a, you know, 12th year senior or whatever he is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're going to be good. I mean, they lose Tommy Eichenberg, and that's a loss, but Cody Simon's coming back for next year. You Neil know, Chambers is leaving, but, C.J. Hicks should be able to step in there, and, and hes he was the best recruit in their recruiting class uh, last year. And so, I guess it's 2021. Um, what are the years now? Maybe 2022. Uh, but anyway, but but C.J. Hicks, it's time for him. And so, um, the big question now is, will J.T. Toomoto come back? If he comes back, boy, I'm looking at a loaded, loaded, loaded defense.
1: How much of a factor with some of these guys that are returning and some guys that still have decisions to make, right, Harrison, Tuomaloal, Henderson, Ibuka, Denzel Burke, is it that they haven't beaten Michigan?
2: A big factor. Um, Jack Sawyer said as much. In Dallas, you know, they've got unfinished business. That, mm-hmm. that for all the success they've had, to think about it, C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr., arguably the best ever at Ohio State at their position, are going to leave without having beat Michigan. You know, wow. CJ Stroud obviously is in the NFL. He didn't beat Michigan in two attempts. Marvin Harrison is really well, he didn't really play as a freshman but over two as a starter against Michigan. Yeah it's not their fault. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's not their fault. But that's the reality. They don't have the gold fans. And so for guys that, that crave that and as much as as important as that is to Ohio State players, I think they they've made not entirely, but they've certainly discussed as a group You know, hey guys, let's bring the you know get the band back together for one more year and get this done. And and look, Michigan next year should be down compared to what they are now. They lose a lose a lot of players. You know, very they could very well lose Jim Harbaugh to the NFL. Who knows what the NCAA is going to do in terms of the sign stealing, stealing scandal? Um, you know, next year there's really no excuse not to beat Michigan. They're playing in Columbus, so you know if they don't win next year against against what should be a down Michigan team, or at least not as good as this year's team, then and I, I think all bets are off.
1: When you look at the guys that I mentioned that still have a question mark, Tumalo, Harrison, Henderson, Ubuka, uh, and Burke, how many of those guys, is there a realistic chance that they return to Ohio State next year, in your opinion, Bill? I would think it's
2: realistic for all of them, too.
1: I'm not saying really? all of them will. Right.
2: But... Um, I, you know, if you were to say, are the odds worse than 50% for any of them? I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think probably the most likely to come out would be Tuamaluau, because um, he is a at least a borderline first-round pick. And, and I would have thought Denzel Burke would be in that position, too. But the way he talked in Dallas led me to believe that he's at least leaning toward coming home. In fact, he said he's made his decision he's going to announce January 10th. So the way he talked, he sounded like a guy who was intent on coming back for another year and, and maybe going from a, a borderline first round pick to a sure first round pick. And there's a big mm-hmm. difference in money.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's not, you know, NIL money. That's like real NFL money between let's say being a, a 32nd pick mm-hmm. or a 33rd pick, you know, in the, the first pick of the second round and being, let's say a, a 12th pick of the draft. There's a significant difference in terms of signing bonus and, and all that. So, um, it it could be a good business decision for those guys to come back. J.T. Tuomolo, same thing. I mean, if he's, let's say, a late-round pick this year and has a monster year next year, he could could really cash in.
1: What about, real quick, Marvin Harrison? I mean, I thought for sure he's going to be a top-five pick. He's gone, but now that Will Howard is in the fold, does that help as well? No. (laughs) Uh -uh. No?
2: I mean, he didn't play in the Cotton Bowl. Um, He's going to be the first. Non-quarterback taken in the draft. Okay. I know that Ohio State fans you know, are holding out hope for a miracle, and I know when he talked to to us, including I had a one-on-one with him after, it, and you know his options are open and all that. I mean, let's be realistic. He's going to be the first or second or third pick of the draft. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's hard to turn down that kind of money. I know that his father is a hall of famer, and you know, presumably made. Good money and still has good money. I you know no idea, but I would assume so. Money is not the issue, but I mean, what does Marvin Harrison have to prove in college other than, again, the Michigan thing and a championship thing? But it's one thing to be a borderline first round pick or, or second or third round pick and say I'm coming back versus a top three pick in the draft. And it's just, it's just hard for me to imagine, uh, you know, especially since he didn't play in the cotton bowl. If he was going right. to in the cotton bowl, then I'd say, well, I guess there's a chance. But he didn't, and so I think that, that's that's a pretty big leaf right there.
1: All right, we'll see how this all plays out in the coming months. Hey, Bill, we appreciate you joining us on Shorten up the Great Work there at the Dispatch. Happy New Year, and we'll talk again down the road.
2: Sounds great. You know, I always love coming on. My, my, my wife's family is uh, from North Canton, and so I'm always happy to come on.
1: Thanks so much, Bill. We'll do it again soon. Bill Rabinowitz, fantastic beat reporter, Columbus Dispatch. Follow him on Twitter at BR Dispatch.